You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Ernesto Holguin on with us, who owns Oten Medical. Ernesto, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Katie. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, awesome. So why don't you start by giving us a little bit of background about you as a nurse? What kind of nurse are you, and how did you get into nursing? All that kind of good stuff. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with how I got into nursing, which I, it was by accident. Um, uh, Army recruiter went to our band um, in high school and wanted to recruit members. So I was playing the trumpet and I wanted to continue in the army band. So I went to take the, the ASVAP test, score pretty high, high enough to become a army nurse. So I went ahead and took that direction. And from there, I did nine years in the US Army as uh, a combat medic, and then transition into an army nurse. And that's where I got started. I got my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree. Then I became certified in nephrology nursing. And um, that was the, the beginning of uh, how I started. Now, with, um, with that, you know, you, you get to touch patients, you get to see um, all the healthcare gaps that that are out there and you There's know that's worth yeah well uh so did you get to play the trumpet though i only play in birthdays family birthdays uh, uh every once in a while I play taps and fourth of july but i never i never continue but i i, I still i still mess around with the trumpet <laughs> uh so now was it difficult to transition from like army nurse to like layperson nurse very difficult. Uh, the mentality is different. Uh, you have more of uh, uh, the soldiers basically follow your direction and, you know, to get better. The nursing is different. Um, and once I transitioned out, it was more of catering to the, to the customer, to the patient. And and it was difficult. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I do miss the army nursing, um, but you know it is ultimately customer satisfaction. Uh, you are providing a, a service to to a person, and but I, I kind of miss the the military. Yeah. Um, I'll bet, you know, this might just be my perception and not real. I don't know. But, you know, I also feel like there's more respect for nurses in the military than what you would get outside of the military. Right. And and you have a, a rank attached to it. So I was a sergeant and any of my patients that were, you know, lower ranking, they would they would look at the rank and respect the rank and and listen to me a little bit better or a little bit more. <laughs> yeah you're right um all right well so that's so you were you went into nephrology nursing how long were you in nephrology i'm still currently in nephrology nursing i've been doing it since uh 2000 i've 
I started in 1995, been doing 22 years as a dialysis nurse in the acute setting. And um, I love it. I, I love every minute of it, the, the excitement, the adrenaline rush, um, helping patients in the hospital setting. So what was kind of like the problem or the gap that you saw that you felt the need to start a business to solve? Well, on the beginning, I, I you know, concentrating on, on dialysis itself. Uh, after a while, I started seeing that, you know, patients coming in with diabetic foot ulcers and how we would get treated. They would get treated. And then a month, month and a half later, they would come back to the hospital with the same wound that was a little bit more uh, intense, lar larger, um, infected. And then it, it was a, you know, uh, in and out thing. And I started questioning why the patients were just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's where my first idea came was um, seeing that the patients have very little uh, sensation to the extremities, poor vision, um, elderly patients that can't really bend and check their feet. <clears throat> they were being sent home and not getting treated or continue the, the treatments at home. So they would come back uh, worse and worse. So my first idea was back in 2004. And I started thinking, maybe we should monitor these patients from home, send daily pictures to the primary um, or the podiatrist or the surgeon. And once we witnessed that the wound is getting worse, then having them come in, um, ultimately having an early medical intervention and get treated with uh, medications and, and treatments that are not so invasive um, in the beginning, opposed to getting the wound debris, uh, IV antibiotics, and that's what caused secondary problems. So that was my idea. But uh, Katie, in 2004, there was no smartphones. There was no images. You're before your time. <laughs> right. So I started thinking, wouldn't this be nice? So back in 2007, that's when the first uh, smartphone came out with images. And Is that when? I feel like it's been around forever. 2007, that's it? 2007. Wow. And uh, the iPhone came out. And I started thinking like, all right, you know, this might, we could type this into, to, uh, you know, the my idea. Of, of course, the BlackBerry did come out and then the, the, there was another uh, smartphone um, that did come out, but the imaging was, was very, very, very poor. And then um, the, the internet wasn't readily available, only in like large stores. And then like in 2011, uh, Wi-Fi was accessible to, to the home setting. And then that's when I started thinking more about it. And 2014 was, was when I uh, applied for my patent uh, I started working on my patent, but um, those, you know, I, I had to wait until technology caught up to my, my idea. And, um, and a lot of times, you know, it's one of those that, you know, oh, I wish we could have this, but, you know, it hasn't uh, happened. You, you, sometimes you have to wait until, till to everything else catches up in order to, to be able to realize your your idea. 
Yeah. Okay. So awesome. All right. So you applied for a patent. Um, and it, I mean, for a patent, just for everybody, uh, what does that kind of cover? What does that mean? Well, it's your um, intellectual protection, your IP, um, basically claiming your original thought and having some sort of uh, protection from others. Um, and when I did that, uh, Katie, I wasn't looking for starting a business at all. I was still more thinking of the idea and, and wanting to to help the masses. And I still want to help the masses uh, with that. And back in 2014, you know, I wish nursepreneurs existed because I looked everywhere for any type of, um, you know, guidance or, or anything to deal with that. And the only thing I, I came up with at that point was um, just doing it on my own. So, and you know this, Katie, um, a lot of nurses, they start with an idea. It's a great idea. But once they hit the first bump on the road, that's when they stop. Oh, right. how much is it going to cost me? Oh, no. A lot. <laughs> how much time am I going to spend on this? Oh, no, I'll, I'll pass. I'm, I'm right. already working 60 hours a week. So, and um, so saying that, I, I did have uh, quite a bit of conversations with my my spouse my wife and um and she facilitated the continuation of, of getting the patent and and um realizing the idea and and applying to incubators and competitions and what happened so the, you know it, it's not just a nurse that has the idea and and wants to start a business it's also your your partner. You know, if you have a good partner, it, it's it's gonna work out. If you have somebody that doesn't support you, then it's gonna be very difficult to to yeah. even get a patent or start a business. Absolutely, yeah, or to do much. Um, all right, so you got? Did you get the patent in twenty fourteen, or did that come? I applied, but I didn't get it till twenty seventeen. Oh my God, three years! Yeah, yeah three years. It takes three years. Okay. And that's when that's without any any problems. And sometimes they take it back to you. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's without so, any problems. Yeah. Okay. So in the meantime, what did you do from 2014 to 17? You were... um, you know, I at that point I was still uh, prototyping. Um, I did very raw prototyping, getting items from from Lowe's, Home Depot, and building, you know, the cameras and everything myself. And I was just tinkering. I've always been a tinker. Um, mm -hmm. I did have other ideas that I did you know, jot down uh, during that time. Um, but in 2017, I also won two competitions, two major competitions. One was uh, here locally at a local incubator in El Paso, Texas, um, Medical Center of the Americas. And they were able to provide some business guidance on how to start your business, um, register, getting an account with, uh, you know, your CPA, what have you. Um, and they gave me free space and a 3D printer, which was very, very important uh, in order to, to do some prototyping. So that's, that's when I actually started uh, thinking of, 
of starting my business and and that year 2017. Okay, so I mean, you said that uh, you were working on a patent for uh, telehealth. Was there something physical that you were trying to create as well? Right, the printing of the platform, printing of the little items, customize the items on um, how the camera was going to be housed. Um, you know, just the the smaller pieces for the prototyping. Okay, and so. At what point did uh, this become a business? In 2017, I actually um, received some seed money from that corporation, the incubator. And in order to get the funding, you had to start a business. Okay. And that's how I got into uh, the business. So they're kind of pushing you along here. <laughs> right, right. And they wouldn't just give the money to, to an individual, they needed to give it to a business. Okay. So that's actually how I got started, Katie. I And starting a business was not in my radar at all. And that's how I, I began. All right. Um, and so you started uh, basically one of the probably first telehealth businesses uh, that was still even in 2017 before its time. Right. Right. The reimbursement rates have gotten much better uh, for telehealth, especially post-COVID or, you know, pre or during COVID. That's when a lot of um, reimbursements yes. kind of like sped up and and, uh, and so what, what was your plan for getting paid for telehealth uh the plan was uh tying in the imaging the imaging on a daily basis you get a certain amount of reimbursement from the insurance uh, then tying in the vital signs like the blood pressure pulse pulse oximetry um those was that are, remote as well yes that was remote you really were um, ahead of your time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I did get all the way up to, you know, working with a company to work on the front and back end of the of the medical device, and then starting uh, the FDA path with another company, and that's where we kind of hit a, a a halt here. Um, we did pitch to many. Um, investors here in El Paso and and locally like in Austin and San Diego and nobody wanted to support the the project so it, it was going to be quite a bit of infusion of money mm -hmm. and um, I had other ideas so we pivot we we shifted a little okay and then, so does that business not exist um, or that idea did it, it morphed into something else it morphed into something else, but it's still there. It's in the okay. back burner. That's my ultimate goal is the okay. remote diabetic foot monitoring system. Oh, uh, okay. I like that. But there's other low lying fruit out there. And like I said, I, I just start started seeing other gaps in, in this in the system. So I shifted to um IV line holder and organizer. So a lot of uh, nurses that are you know, very detailed, very organized. I, I think we we are, are all inherited detailed. Um, we want to organize our IV lines, especially in the intensive care unit. So first so, thing you do when you walk in. <laughs> exactly, right. And uh, I don't know if you experienced this, Katie, but a lot of nurses you utilize their, their equipment surrounding them. So they put a tongue blade and put some silk tape and wedge in the IV lines. 
Um, yeah, I yeah. wish I had known that because I worked neurocritical care and we had lines out the wazoo. Um, mm-hmm. And that sounds like it would have been a really good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and that, back in 1995, that's what I would do as well. So I, I, in, I improved on that idea. I um, invented the, I, I call it the eye line, but it's an IV line holder. It, it has a adhesive placed on the, on the side rail of the, of the bed. And, and I actually have a, have one of them there and maybe you could post it later. Yeah, I'll post it, definitely. So what it is, it's, it's an adhesive that places on the side rail and then you open it up, you slide in the ivy lines and then you close them and it has a anti-pinch mechanism in the middle. You could see right there. Yep. So the nurses are pressing on the, on the eye line they won't pinch pinch the lines. It won't occlude the the you know the movement of the fluid, and this could be organized with your you know uh, vasopressors, your IV hydration, your antibiotics. Um, it's an organization organization tool, and yeah. I also did one for the ventilator tubing, and this uh-huh. one opens up and holds the ventilator tubing. Um, with the vents, you know, they do have an arm, but it's it's not movable. It's stagnant. So if the head of the bed goes up and down, <clears throat> they start pulling on the uh, ET tube. They yep. start gagging and what have you. So this one moves with the side rails, the head of the bed up and down. So it keeps everything in, in unison. So the movement of the, of the patient is the tube is not being stretched out or pulled out with that. So I was, I started this in 2019. <clears throat> I was doing very well. I was um, selling it to a hospital in Dallas, started in Wisconsin. Um, and then we, the pandemic happened. Mm. And everything went into PPE and staffing. Right. So they had budget constraints completely. And that totally stopped the 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 sales of the of the eyeline. Um, well, so I want to get to that, but let me ask you first: like, how did you get in with these hospitals to begin with? Advertising, marketing online, um, sending. They, cold, they would contact you, or right, I would contact them. Uh, cold emails, cold calls, um, and and when we would do. Um, we would go to South by Southwest and we would show our product there. Um, you know, we did almost everything we could uh, to get in front of these hospitals, the, the, the um, ICU directors and, mm-hmm. and the ER when directors. You, when you say we, is it you and your wife or did you have a team? Actually, I, I have a partner. His name is Rob Sanchez. He's also a nurse and we met at a convention. And we kind of hit it off and partner up. Um, and he's doing uh, telehealth for a, for a large company uh, right now. So he saw the remote diabetic foot monitoring system, and he he had a, a background. He has a background in wound care, so okay. he he automatically saw the you know Loved the need it. for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a huge need for it. Um, okay, so. Uh, so you created this eyeline system, and then you also have other 
things like you have the CPAP hose holder like what's what's this right so um, we did another pivot um, we weren't selling any eyelines and I had a 3d printer accessible to to me so I actually went on to another idea that I had which was the CPAP hose holder and basically this is the eye line uh, the ivy line holder is business to business and the CPAP host holder is actually business to consumer. And with this device, um, uh, you know, sleep apnea has been better recognized, treated. There's more awareness. People are more open to utilizing the CPAP machine at home. And, you know, there's, I think there's like 8 million new users every year just oh, wow. in the United States. And, and uh, North America is the largest uh, consumers of, of CPAP machines, but the Asian countries are right behind, and they're they're it's becoming very very uh, popular. Okay. Well, these hoses, you know, they're everywhere. They're wedged in between the bed and the nightstand. Um, it, they have limited movement in bed, and it pulls, it tugs. Um, so I ended up, you know, thinking of placing this with a double adhesive as well against the the headboard of the of the person's bed and then guiding the tube through it and then there's a convenient clip on the bottom where they could hang their face straps so it stays neatly organized in the person's uh, headboard and then you know come back and 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 utilize it again so with this um, people have better movement in bed and um, it, it doesn't pull it doesn't tug it makes it a little bit more uh, pleasant to utilize the machine so that's where I pivot again into this device and, and how do you come up with that I mean because this, this seems like a relatively simple obvious idea that nobody seems to be doing except for you <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know Katie I just I just start imagining um ways to improve um, certain areas and that's that's where I, I come up and with the well, ideas I will tell you because like the difference uh, you know between you and me here is that you know, I was a first assist in the OR for a long time and the wires and the tubing in the OR is so annoying and I used to talk about that with my brother I'm like this is so painful like I just want some way to like organize these stupid lines in the OR um, and he actually came up with like this, almost, you know, interestingly enough, something that didn't have, you know, something like what you're showing, but, you know, didn't clamp the the hose and stuff, but it was, you know, obviously different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just like you said, uh, I mean, there are too many barriers to producing something like this. I mean, I mean, where did you, I guess, find the enthusiasm to get over those barriers and, and uh, you know, were kind of your first steps in moving forward? Well, you know, uh, perseverance is, is the, the key here. Um, I, like I said, I love what I do. I'm a dialysis nurse. I'm doing at least averaging 60 hours a week. So I'm, I'm pretty busy at, at, mm -hmm. at work. Um, and saying that is that the house is taken care of, you know, I pay all the bills, you know, we, we were doing very well. And I see this as a project. I see this as um, 
well, it's a business. Uh, don't get me wrong. It, it is a business, um, but it's a fun business. I, there's, I'm not depending on any type of income from the business to survive. And that's what makes it very pleasurable. And I, people, other nurses that ask me about this, I, that's the number one recommendation is do something that is not going to put your, your finances at risk, your, your livelihood, your children's livelihood. Um, do this aside from that. And, and the perseverance is right. Is, is the second term after that, um, you know, keep at it and, and ultimately, my, the patients, the, the population I work with are my motivators as well. Mm -hmm. I do see them still coming in with really bad diabetic foot ulcers that have no, they literally have very little control over them once they get discharged from the hospital. Yep. And, yeah, and the that, system's not really set up to help them <laughs> at all. No, not at all. And their partners are in the same boat. The kids, uh, their children are working, they have their own kids and, and they, that wound just doesn't get treated or properly monitored. Yeah, um, and what's really unfortunate here too is that you know there's these great ideas on how to help them, but then it does come down to money, like who's gonna pay for it? How do you get reimbursed? And you know, a lot of this stuff falls to the wayside because that can't be figured out. Right, and you're right, and, and part of, running a business is also knowing how you're going to get uh, reimbursed, like you said, getting, yeah. paid, right. Uh, and that's, unfortunately, that's a, a big role. It's a necessary role in, in running a business. But, but you know what, um, Katie, ultimately, you know, hopefully, once I get the, the CPAP holder off the ground, and maybe get into the retail stores, that's my, my goal with that. I'll be able to then infuse that money into the Ivy line holders, which I'm still selling very little. Hopefully once the budget constraints are lifted a little bit more in the hospitals, which I've read that it's still a major problem. Um, maybe, you know, generate some sales after that with the Ivy line holder. And ultimately my goal is my first idea, which is properly taking care of uh, diabetics uh, at a home setting. Yeah. And, so that, that's my, my uh, pathway to uh, success with this. And hopefully, at, once I get to that point, I'll be able to be able to self-sustain with, with proper reimbursements. So I also see on your website uh, that you had an open call at Walmart. Um, you know, how, what, what is something like that? And how do you get involved in, I mean, how do you even present stuff to Walmart? It seems like such a big, you know, Goliath, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Well, I apply to everything, Katie. I <laughs> apply to all the competitions, um, nurse pitch competitions, maker health competitions, um, all these open calls for Kroger, for Target, Walmart. Um, I, 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 lose, I lost count how many uh, I, I enter. Well, Walmart was one of them that did answer. So I did present my CPAP holder to them and in their headquarters in Benville and uh, spoke to the person in charge of the, the home health portion of, of Walmart. And we're, we're talking right now. 
Um, there's nothing immediate at this point, but we do have a, um, you know, we do have conversations and hopefully, uh, God willing, when uh, I'll be able to, to sell these on, on Walmart. But, yeah. uh, it's a little too soon to, to say yes or no. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, all the corporate stuff takes so long. I mean, I used to work for, um, uh, headquartered Walmart headquarters in their nurse practitioner division and I've been to Bentonville several times uh, very nice trendy town um, mm -hmm. but yeah I mean even for me like trying to get anything done in management it was like you're waiting for six months I'm like what about <laughs> you know <laughs> hello <laughs> what about this initiative we were supposed to do but it's like everything moves so slowly so yeah. but I mean oh my god that would be so huge to get Walmart I mean would you even be able to handle Walmart that's that's crazy oh I, I think so now with drop shipping and I, I think it's it's I'm just going to be behind a computer um I don't want to leave my job at all I'll, I'll try to keep it as long as possible but um, but you're right. It, it it does take time, and in order for some something to be effective, you do have to take time, unfortunately, uh, yeah. to work on it. But I have IP protection on all of my three uh, items on the eye line, on my CPAP host holder, and and the remote diabetic foot monitoring. So um, I feel confident that you know if there's any copycats out there, I'll be able to to address them properly. But um, like I said, is this is this is fun for me. I, I'm actually enjoying this, and and if I have to wait, I'll I'll wait. But I'm I'm gonna persevere and hopefully, ultimately help the the diabetic community. Uh, well, I love that. I think your story is very very inspiring, and uh, you know it's it's refreshing too. It's really nice to hear people pursuing what they love doing, and and this is clearly that for you so um all right ernesto so if people want to find you learn more about uh your um, eyeline holder and the cpap holder where can they find you my website is um o10medical.com and it's spelled o-t-e-n medical.com and you'll see my my story how we started uh the products um, and if you are interested in, in bringing the these IV line holders or CPAP host holders to to your community, your hospital setting, you know, just feel free to to email me at Ernesto E R N E S T O period Olguin H O L G U I N at otenmedical.com. And then if if contact me and, and we could talk and um and I'm pretty easy going. I'm a nurse. I, I love what I do. And, and um, I'll definitely work with anyone to, to get these items on, on, on their uh, workplace. Awesome. All right, Ernesto. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you, Katie, for inviting me. It was a pleasure.